in Psalms chapter 13, verse 1 through 6. We'll read there. This is where we're going to be for the entire message. We'll read there and then we'll pray. Psalms chapter 13, verse 1 through 6, and this is in the NLT. It says, O Lord, what's the next two words? So when y'all see how long, I need y'all to scream out how long. Oh, Lord, will you forget, forget me forever? Will you look the other way? Must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? Will my enemy have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, O Lord, my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes. Some translations, it says, enlighten my eyes, enlighten my eyes, or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat, saying we have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall, but I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for these next few moments that we have together in your presence. I thank you that you would speak clearly to our hearts today. Speak a word directly to us. I bind the enemy that would try to come in and hinder or distract what you would have to say and speak to our hearts today. We love you. We honor you. We welcome you in in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So David wrote this psalm because David was in a place of despair. David was in a place of of extreme grief. How many of you ever been in a place of extreme grief? Were you just like, Lord, what in the world is going on? Well, that's what David is. And we know that because David has said it four different times. How long? How many of you ever been in a season or a situation where you say, Lord, how long? How long, Lord? How long will this last? David cries out to God four different times. How long? And I feel like they, the, one of the reasons why David kept screaming out or crying out how long is, is because he felt like in those moments that God didn't hear him and God didn't see him. And because he felt like God didn't hear him and God didn't see him, he kept, God, how long? If you look back to what he says is, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart? Every day, how long will my enemies have the upper hand? So David is clearly crying out to God, how long are you going to keep ignoring me, man? Why do you keep turning the other way? I know you see what's going on. I know you know what's happening in my life. You see what they're doing to me. You see what I'm walking through. How long will I have this anguish in my soul? Forever. Is this going to last forever? Come on, God. You see what I'm doing. And so David is at a place where he's pouring out his heart to God, where he's saying, I, I need you to answer. I need you to respond. How many of you can relate with that? Amen. But again, the today's message is titled Return of Joy, the Return of Joy. And how many of you need joy in your life? That should be everybody hand in the room and you watching online too. All of us need joy. But the thing about joy is there has to be an investment for there to be a return on joy. When you begin to invest, then guess what? Joy is the return. So that's what I want to come from today. When you put in an investment on certain things, there's going to be a return on joy. 
when you walk through difficult seasons, what you need is joy. You don't need sorrow. You don't need grief. You need joy. And there is an investment that we must do. There's a, uh, uh, um, an investment that we must make in order to receive a return on joy. And David, he, he was expressing his anguish. He was uh, expressing his sorrow. But he was coming from a place of deep, deep grief. And when you come from a place of deep, uh, deep grief, you need joy. And today we're going to give three ways how you receive the return of joy. This is how you receive the return of joy. And the first thing that you do to receive the return of joy is there must be desperation. There must be desperation. When David went before God, he didn't come casually. He came desperate. Oftentimes when we're in a long season, we come to God to complain, not to show our desperation to him and to acknowledge and answer him. So usually what we do when we're in a long season like David was in, we come to God to complain. And there's a difference between coming to God to complain and pouring out our heart and the difference between coming to God in despair and pouring out our heart. Because we could come to God pouring out our heart crying, complaining, and thinking that we're coming desperate. But what you're really doing is complaining. And God is just sitting there like, okay, I hear you. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And you just sit there, how long is it going to take? I've been walking through this for so long. This is so hard, God. And all you're doing is sitting there and you're complaining. But the thing is, is that coming to God complaining is not the same thing as coming as desperate. When you're coming to God in desperation, what you're saying is, God, I need you. Because if you don't turn this situation around, if you don't come and answer me and see me and acknowledge me, I'm not going to make it. That is a complete different situation than coming to God saying, oh, how long? When does this go in? Come on, God, help me. Now, if you're a parent parent with small kids, how many times have you prepared a meal? You get that meal prepared all good. You've been working in the kitchen all day with that meal. And then kid, the kids come, you come on, it's time to eat. And then they say, well, what's for dinner? And then you tell them what's for dinner. I don't want that. Okay, well, these are your options. Either you eat it or you go to bed hungry. So what you going to do? And usually they're going to eat it because they don't want to go to bed hungry. And usually that's how we respond to God. You say, well, how do we respond to God that way? Because God doesn't respond to our complaints. We, we, God doesn't respond to our complaints. But what we have to do is train ourselves to say, I'm going to eat whatever the master has prepared for me. And you say, well, what has the master prepared for me? What he's prepared for you is what you're walking through. That's the meal that he has prepared for you. The answer for what you need and the meal that he has prepared for you is to walk through the difficult situation that you're walking through. And when you just say, I'm going to eat of what the master has prepared for me, then guess what? You're going to receive some joy. But the more that you complain and the more that you just how long and how long, God's not going to respond to that. He, he's not going to respond to that. But once you respond to him and say, God, this does not feel good, but I receive what you have prepared for me, and I want to receive everything that you have for me walking through this season, then he responds to that, and then God starts to move on your behalf. But it all starts with coming with desperation, saying, God, I need you. More than saying, how long is this going to take? Now, sometimes we could respond better to situations if we knew how long it was going to take. 
Now, if you knew how long this, oh, I could last two weeks. Okay, it's just two weeks, God? Okay, that's good. But most times, God's not going to tell you how long the season's going to last or how long the situation's going to last. You just have to say, I'm going to come with desperation telling God I need you. And whatever you have prepared for me and whatever you have for me to walk through, I'm going to receive it because I know in the end, victory is mine. But even in the midst of it, I can receive a return of joy. Because when you begin to pour out in desperation to God, he says, oh, look, they coming to me desperate. Let me give them some joy. And then all of a sudden, that situation that would seem so difficult, even though you're in the midst of it, joy begins to rise up on the inside of you. And when people think you should be down and defeated, guess what? There's a smile on your face. There's a praise in your spirit. There's a joy in your heart. Why? Because there is an investment that you have to put in to receive the return of joy. And in this case, it's coming with desperation. And when you come with desperation, God is faithful to respond to that. God doesn't respond to your complaining just like you don't respond to your children's complaining. But when they come desperate, guess what? You respond to that. And God responds to our desperation. Just because you feel that God has forgotten and hear from you, the fact is God will never leave you nor forsake you. That's Hebrews 13.5. David felt like his feelings, that's why you can't go off your feelings, y'all. Because David's, David's feelings, how long will you ignore me? How long will you turn the other way? Forever? How long will this despair be in my heart? And even though his feelings were telling him one thing, the fact is that God will never leave you nor forsake you. So you can't consult your feelings when you're walking through a difficult season because they will lie to you every time. And not only that, but the enemy will bring evidence to you to make you feel like that what you're feeling is true when actually it's still a lie. And then the word, it says this. Y'all know the situation with Joseph, right? When Joseph's brother brought his coat of many colors to his father, it was dripped in blood and it was shredded, right? What did his dad say? If y'all remember, his dad said, my son was eaten by a wild animal. And he believed it. The, and the enemy brought the evidence to his father to say, look, you holding the evidence. Your son, Joseph, was killed. But we know that's not the truth. But his father believed the lie of the enemy that his son was killed, all because of his sons. His own sons did it to him. And the enemy would do the same thing to you. He will get you in your feelings. He'll bring you evidence that is not even true, but it make you think it's the real thing. Oh, see, look, there's the proof that God don't care about you. See, look, there's the proof. You didn't get one phone call. You told him you was walking through something. Did you get the phone call? Maybe they just didn't call you yet. Maybe they don't know. But the point is, is that the enemy will bring evidence to you to try to get you to validate your feelings. That's a lie. So you can't consult your feelings. How long? Yes, it is long. But guess what? I trust in God. Yes, this is, this, this is difficult. This does hurt. But guess what? I'm going to come even more desperate to God to show him how much I need him. And when you come with that, he is quick to respond. And guess what? You will receive joy. Amen? Amen. The return of joy comes when you respond to God with desperation. The second thing is, so how do we receive the return of joy? The second thing is, there must be renewed vision. There must be renewed vision. Now, I'm going to read this. Uh, it's still the same passage, from, uh, Psalms 13, verse 3, but I'm going to read it in the King James Version. It says, Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. 
And the key part I want you to focus on is enlighten my eyes. Enlighten my eyes. What does that mean? David knew that his, his feelings were saying one thing, but he needed God to enlighten his eyes to see clearly because he knew his feelings were deceiving him. So he said, enlighten my eyes or I will die. Meaning that, God, if you don't enlighten my eyes, if you don't give me proper clarity to see this situation that I'm going to walk through, it's going to take me out. And, not, and you say, well, how are you going to die? You're going to die a spiritual death. Because eventually you'll, real, you'll get to the place that if you don't allow the Lord to enlighten your eyes or to change your perspective and give you wisdom and knowledge in that situation, what you do is that God doesn't love me, God doesn't see, and you begin to slowly die a spiritual death, and you'll find yourself so far away from God, not trusting God, not believing God, all because you didn't cry out to him and say, God, enlighten my eyes. But David shook himself in a moment where he says, I need to shake myself from getting out of my feelings to, Lord, give me wisdom to see this situation clearly. Enlighten my eyes. Help me to see properly. And Paul, he prayed this prayer to for all believers in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 through 19. Again, this is the King James. It says, that the Lord, our, the Lord of our Lord, I'm sorry, that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding be what? Enlightened. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? So what Paul is saying is that through all this, I pray that your eyes be enlightened to see the work of the Lord that's going on in your life. Because without the Lord enlightening your eyes to give you the proper perspective to clear, clearly see what you're walking through, you always look at God with the side eye like, what you doing now? You always look at, you, you're supposed to work things out for my favor, but you're not doing it. But when you ask him to enlighten my eyes, he'll be given to give you the proper perspective, and you'll begin to see things that you never saw before. And before you know it, guess what's happening? You receive joy. Because now a situation that seemed like it was hopeless and helpless, now you said, oh, God, I see what you're doing. And guess what happens? Encouragement comes. Joy comes. But you have to cry out to him to say, God, enlighten my eyes. Give me renewed vision. So whenever you walk through something difficult, don't go to God complaining. Ask him, renew my vision. Give me renewed vision to see things how you see. Because his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And your eyes and your feelings will deceive you, so you can't consult them. You have to say, God, enlighten my eyes. Give me renewed vision. Help me to see clearly what you're doing in this situation. And he will respond. And he, when he responds and he shows you, guess what you have? Joy. Joy begins to come. And it begins to spring up. And you say, you know what? I can walk through this. I can make it. It's not as difficult as I thought. But if you don't ask him to renew your vision, you're going to see things through that same old lens, that same lens of depression, that same lens of defeat, that same lens of discouragement, that same lens of woe is me. But God, enlighten my eyes. Allow me to see what you see. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14. It says, for the light makes everything visible. That is why it is said, awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead. And Christ will give you light. What does this say? This is speaking to your spirit. You have to speak, tell your spirit to speak to your soul. 
And when your spirit begins to speak to your soul, you begin to encourage yourself. Because your soul is made up of your mind, will, and emotions. You can even toss in feelings in that. And so you can't say, I'm going on what my soul says. No, you say, I'm going to speak to my soul through my spirit. And when I rise up in my spirit, then I awake awake in my spirit or I wake my soul to say, no, you obey what my spirit says. And then you find strength and then you find joy. But the investment in this is that you have to come and ask God to enlighten your eyes or to give you renewed vision. The return of joy comes when you ask God to give me light for renewed vision to see your plans for me. If you're walking through a difficult season, don't look at the season for what it is. Ask God, what are you using this season to do in my life? And when you do that, he will answer. And guess what? Joy will come to you. Amen? So the first thing, I must come with desperation. There must be a renewed vision. That's number two. And the third and final thing is this. There must be rejoicing. Hallelujah. There must be rejoicing. I dropped my top. I got it. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. There must be rejoicing. David knew that despite all that he felt, his ultimate hope was to trust in the Lord and rejoice in him. If you go back to, uh, to the verse 5, it says, But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. David, he started off in despair. Oh, woe is me. How long this? How long that? And then he said, okay, enlighten my eyes. Uh, give me renewed vision. And then all of us, he said, because I trust in you. And I will rejoice because you are good to me. And David, through this whole psalm that we see, he started to despair, but he worked his all way up to rejoicing. Because he knew ultimately that my only hope is to trust in the Lord. So when you walk through a difficult season, you have to remember that I have to trust and hope in the Lord. But that will bring and come from a place of rejoicing. We have to rejoice. Amen. Now, there's two types of rejoicing. There is a rejoicing that sometimes you just have to to naturally arise in yourself. And there was a pastor, I heard him tell this story one time. He said that he was going through a situation similar to David, and he said he was going to the Lord in prayer. But he said but he, what he was really doing was going to God and saying, well, God, this is what you need to do in this situation because you're not moving fast enough. And this is, this is what you should be doing. And, and this is how I need you to respond. And he was like, well, he thought he was praying, but he was complaining. And then he said, in the midst of all that, God came to him and said, stop, just stop, stop. He says, you come to my gates with thanksgiving. You enter my courts with praise. So thank me. And he said, he put on some worship music and he said, thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you. And he said he didn't mean it, and he was just like, whatever. And, and then he's like, the Lord says, I don't respond to that. And then he said, but the more he started to say, thank you, Lord, he said something on the inside of him began to change. And then there was a rejoicing that came up on the inside of him because he really started to think, man, I do thank the Lord because, first of all, he saved me from all of my sin. I know that one day my reward for serving him, I'm going to see him face to face in heaven. 
And he said before long, he was in there dancing for real now and not just saying, thank you, Lord. But he was really, he really meant, thank, like, Lord, thank you. And now all of a sudden, he was like, I forgot what I was walking through. And I forgot what I was complaining about. And he said the Lord had to remind him of what he was complaining about because he rejoiced himself out of it. But the point is, there are going to be some times where you're not just going to feel like rejoicing. But even despite of that, you're going to have to say, self, you're going to rejoice. You're going to throw on some worship music and you will rejoice. And I know I've been there myself where I'm like, you know what? I don't feel like rejoicing, but I know my spirit and my soul needs it. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to rejoice. And when you begin to rejoice, there's a joy that naturally just comes up on the inside of you. But once you come in the bread, thank you, Lord. It comes, now it's, oh, thank you, Lord. And, and you get all fired up, and there's a shout on the inside of you. Then there was a rejoicing and a praise that comes on the, because you say, I'm going to train myself to rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to rejoice in him. David knew that. David said, you know what? Let me shake myself and rejoice in the Lord. Now, that's one type of rejoicing, that sometimes you're just going to have to shake yourself and rejoice. But then there's a rejoice when the victory comes that you don't even have to try to rise. It's just going to come out. Now, that's the rejoicing we all like is when the victory is there and you don't have to conjure up or you don't have to trick yourself to say thank you. Like, thank you, Lord. And it's over with. I got the victory. There's going to be a natural rejoice that comes on the inside of you that you can't be able to contain it. And that's when people go, man, what's wrong with them? You don't know what I just walked through. You don't know what I've been through. You, and I, I think I've shared this before. I remember there was this, this man at church, and every single Sunday, this man would get in the aisles and lose his mind and go crazy and praise and worship for the Lord. And not in a I need attention type way. It was a I'm going to praise and dance before the Lord. And I always wondered, I don't know what that man been through. But he obviously has been through something. For every single Sunday, I'm talking about sweating from head to like he was, like he, like he was on, like it was like he was performing before the Lord, and it was, it was a sight to behold. But he wasn't doing it for show. And then I remember finally I asked him when I was like, I didn't know his name. I was like, you know the man that is, oh, you know, and they, he said his name, and he said, well, he was in the army, and he saw some terrible things. But he told the Lord, if you get me out of this. I promise you, I will praise you with everything inside of me when I return home. And when he returned home safely, he was good on his promise. And he rejoiced and he praised the Lord for what he was walking through. For one situation, it looked like it was helpless and hopeless. He didn't know if he was going to return home to his family. But the Lord rescued him and redeemed him. And because of that, he said, I'm going to rejoice. And I don't care what I walk through, I'm going to rejoice. And sometimes I think we have to remember what we've been through and go back to that place and say, no matter what I've walked through now, I know what God has brought me from, so I'm going to rejoice anyway. Despite how I feel, I'm going to rejoice. And the enemy knows that if he could get you defeated and depressed and looking at your situation, you'll never rejoice. Because you'll be like, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Because why? You're so focused on what you're walking through and what you're feeling that you won't remember what God has done and what God is doing and the victory that's waiting for you on the other side. But you have to say, I'm going to make it up in my mind. I'm going to rejoice in the middle. I'm going to rejoice and praise in the middle. 
I'm not going to wait to the end, even though I'm going to really rejoice in the end, but I'm going to start right now. I'm going to start rejoicing right now in the middle. In the midst of difficulties, I'm going to sing. I'm going to rejoice. I'm not, letting, I'm not going to let the enemy steal what God has in store for me because I know if the enemy steals my joy, then he steals everything that I have because I will not praise God. I will not trust God. My hope will not be in him. I won't see the situation turn around. But the moment I begin to praise, the moment I begin to rejoice, it turns the situation around, not in the natural, but in the spirit. In the spirit realm, things begin to change. So we can't forget, we must rejoice. Habakkuk 3, verse 18, it says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. Yet I will rejoice. So whatever you walk through and the enemy tries to come, it says, Yet I will rejoice. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. Oh, but it don't look good. Yet I will rejoice. Oh, you don't know how you're going to make a way out of this. Yet, I will rejoice. Oh, I don't know what to do. It just seemed like this is so hard. Yet, I will rejoice. So you have to begin to train yourself. Yet, I will rejoice. It doesn't matter what I walk through. It doesn't matter how difficult it is. Yet, I will rejoice. And David knew that I need to rejoice in the Lord because he was walking through some difficult things. You see, David had natural enemies. Our enemies are invisible. And we fight our enemies by rejoicing because that's the one thing they can't do. They can't rejoice. So they're going to steal your, try to steal your praise because that's one thing that they can never do. So they'll do everything they can to try to steal your praise. And you say, who is they? The spiritual enemies. We, flat, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Powers of the unseen world. That means you can't see them. It's, an, it's not a natural enemy. People are not your enemy. The enemies are unseen. It's spirits and principalities of the unseen world. And how do we overcome them and defeat them? By rejoicing. And when they throw everything they can at you and they still see you rejoicing, it confuses them. How are they still rejoicing? We done threw everything but the kitchen sink at them. They still smiling. They still going to prayer. They still going to church. They still worshiping and fellowshipping with believers. How they still reading their word. How they still doing it. Because yet I will rejoice. David started from how long, God? How long is this going to take? How long will you ignore me? So he says, yet I will trust in the Lord. I will rejoice because he has been good to me. David then took us, David took us through a whole course of how we feel through situations. But all of it is for the return of joy. It's the investment we have to put in to receive the return of joy. First we start, we come with desperation, not complaining. I'm not going to complain, but I'm going to tell you, God, I need you. Oh, I need you, Lord. He responds to that. Then we come say, God, give me renewed vision. Renew my eyes. Help me to see the things the way that you see. Don't let me see through my natural eyes because, oh, that's going to get me off course. Help me see the way that you see things, and then I will rejoice. You do these three things through any difficult season, you will receive a return of joy in the middle and at the end. Some of us wait for the rejoice on the end of it. No, I want it now and at the end. 
Because I know in the middle, I need it more than I will at the end, because at the end, it's going to naturally come. But in the middle, I need the joy. I need the joy in the middle. The end, that's going to be easy. You ain't going to have to force me to rejoice. You're going to see it. It's going to come naturally. But in the middle, I need the joy. Amen? Amen. Let's, let's uh, bow our heads and seek the Lord. That's it. The return of joy. You know, whenever time you hear a message, no matter what the message is, no matter what the topic is, you need to ask the Lord, Lord, what are you speaking to me? So just let's just take a moment. Let's just quiet ourselves in the presence of God and just ask God, God, what are you speaking to me? What are you speaking to me, Lord? Lord, is it the reason that I haven't been hearing from you? If you haven't spoken to me, it's because I've been complaining instead of coming to you in desperation. You know, sometimes the Lord, we're waiting on God to answer, but God is saying, I need you to come desperate, not complaining. Lord, have I hadn't seen the victory in this situation because I hadn't asked you to renew my vision, to enlighten my vision. Ask the Lord to give you renewed vision if that's you. Or is it because you didn't have joy? or you hadn't been rejoicing. And instead of rejoicing, you've been depressed, discouraged, focused so much on your situation that you've allowed the enemy to steal your praise. But today the Lord is saying, I needed you to, yet I will rejoice. So Lord, whatever category we in, it may be one, it may be two, it may be all three, but Lord, we come to you and we say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for you have been good to us. Lord, you've been so good to us, even as David said, but I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. Lord, you've been so good. You've been so faithful to us, Lord. And Lord, we just want to give you our all. So in this moment, we surrender afresh. We surrender anew to you for the work that you have for us and the work that you're doing. Lord, we love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. You can bow your head and close your eyes one final time. I just want to give one final uh, chance for anyone that's under the sound of my voice, whether you're in the room or online. Maybe you're watching the, listening to the audio of this later. And you're saying, I... I've been complaining more than I've been coming to the Lord in desperation. And I realize that my complaining is causing me to be in a place where I don't trust God anymore, that I'm away from God. That, that spiritual death that you talk about, I've experienced that. And spiritually, I feel like there's nothing on the inside of me. But I want to give you an opportunity to come into right relationship with God. That today in this moment, that you can know that you're right with God, that your sins are forgiven, that your past is behind you, and that your future in him is bright. So if you want to come into right relationship with the Lord, you know where the condition of your heart is. You know the condition of your relationship with him. This is just between you and him. If you're in the room and you want the Lord to come in and save you and to wipe away all of your sins and receive his forgiveness, just lift your hand and I want to pray for you. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask everyone, just to place their hand over their heart. 
Just repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this precious moment that I surrender my life. I lay it all down for you today and I receive your forgiveness. I receive your mercy and grace and I thank you for forgiving me and saving me. Lord, I love you. I honor you and I will rejoice because you have been good to me, because you have rescued me, because you have redeemed me, because you have saved me. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord another hand clap of praise for those that made a decision to follow Christ. And if you made that decision and then uh, in the seat back in front of you, there's a card that says, let's connect. But on the back, it says, I made a decision. You can fill that out, drop it in the offering bucket. We love to connect with you uh, during the week and hear what God did in your heart. But if you're online watching, just uh, comment in the comment se section. Let us know what God did in your heart. We love to reach out to you as well. But let's give it up one more time for those that made a decision to follow God. Amen. The return of joy. We all need the return of joy. And before we disconnect from you guys online, I want to give you a couple of announcements. Uh, we have our building new life campaign. We're calling it Think 10 to Win in increments of 10. If you give uh, $10 a week, that will go a long ways towards our building effort for uh, we need a new roof. We need uh, updates to our parking lot, lighting, electrical. There's a lot of different things that we're going on projects here that we have a building new life campaign that you can give towards, which is a, a little bit above your tithe and offering. So of course we appreciate those that are generous to give you tithe and offering. This is just above the tithe and offer that we have the building new life campaign. And you can give the same way you can online to those efforts. Also prayer this Wednesday, August 30th at 6.30. Come rejoice with us. We just talked about rejoicing. Come rejoice with us this Wednesday, 6.30. We're here every Wednesday at 6.30, uh, except for the first Wednesday of each month, which is Life Group. But every Wednesday, 6.30, we're in here for prayer. Come join us with that. And also, uh, we have an in-house serve day. In-house serve day is September 23rd from 10.30 to 12.30 p.m. Come join us. We love you for to be a part of that as well. But if you're prepared to give, I want to pray a prayer of blessing over you guys that are prepared to give. There's a couple ways you could do that. You could go to our website, which is newlifemobile.org. You could give that way, or you could download our app. You could give on our app. So we're going to pray a prayer of blessing over you guys, and then you guys online are dismissed. Lord, we thank you for those that are prepared to give online. I thank you that you meet all of their needs. Let there be no lack in their house. I thank you that you bless them, that you use what's given today, Lord God, to, for the advancement of the kingdom of God, for your people and for your church, Lord. We love you. We honor you with our tithe. We honor you with that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. We'd love to see you this Wednesday, 630 for prayer. Y'all have a great Sunday.